Thank you, girl. Stranger, thank you. We pray here. We go over to North Bend State Park in the mountains. Take the whole student body. I rent a room, a big room, business room, conference room. We go in there, back there in the mountains, away from the telephone, away from visitors. We pray all day. Pray all day, and the students love it. They they want to go back again. And we tried to go before the conference, spend a day in prayer for the conference. Weather wouldn't let us in there. It's back there in the hills. You can't get in there. The weather's bad. But uh, we'll go because we'll go before we start any choir trip. We'll go and pray all day. We pray every Saturday morning through the week. And uh, we try to teach people to pray. And Dr. Lee Robertson told me personally, you can promote a man to give, you can promote a man to come to church. You can pro promote a man to do things, but you can't make a man pray. He has to want to. He has to have a desire to pray. And uh, I never forgot that. And we're glad you're here. We were praying for every speaker by name. We had a special prayer meeting, prayed for speakers. And just called them by name and prayed for them. I heard them pray for you, Chuck Kesey. I heard them pray for you, Rick, and for all the other men. Brother Muncie, heard them pray for you. And... Uh, I said, young people, I know what the conference costs, and I don't have a cent when we started to give a man to, for gas. We don't have any money for motels, for nothing. I want you to pray. We prayed. Before the conference started, a man walked up to me and handed me a check. Said that's for the conference. The first day of the conference, another man walked up to me. They didn't know one another. He gave me a check. And then a man came one, I think Tuesday night, and walked up and gave me another check. Those three checks covered the whole conference. And those men, those men did not know one another. I never wrote them a letter. I never mentioned anything to them. I never asked them for any money. God just laid it on their heart. Yeah. And they say there's no employment down here in southern Ohio and everybody's uh, in poverty. Well, we, we don't know that yet. Nobody's ever told us those conditions. So the conference is met. Yeah. And with all the money I needed for the conference, a fellow walked up to me and said, I want to give you some money for the conference. But I didn't tell him it was paid for. I said, thanks.
I told them you could make snow ice cream. We lived on snow ice cream when I was a kid. And they laughed. There's no such thing as snow ice cream. So we got a big pan, filled it up with snow. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm telling them, put milk in there, put vanilla in there, put sugar in there, and stir it. We had ice cream. And the ones that said there is no such thing, they liked it. And then the, the Filipinos, which I believe have the worst food in the world. They got a thing called Ponce. Ponce? I won't touch it. This looks like weeds to me. And uh, you know, Brother Rick, when we had all that nice ice cream made, what they did, Peter's went and got a can of corn and dumped in it. Put the corn in the... Who did that? All right. I like Rick D.C. Always have him. He's here tonight. He's going to preach. After the service, we're going to vote. Who's the best? Who's the best? Happy or the son? Okay. Amen. <laughs> I can save you some time. I can save you some time. Uh, Dad did better than I hoped he would. <laughs> but, uh, Doctor, <laughs> good one, <laughs> uh, Doctor Geiler, um, Doctor Keithy. It's a shame for me to stand in such company, but uh, uh, I'm no doctor, but I'm gonna try to give you a shot. Amen. So. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate the opportunity to come and be a part of this great conference. Dr. Guyland has been a dear, dear friend uh, for many years. And uh, we love the college. We love the students. We love the church. And, uh, uh, boy, if you, can't, if you can't find the love of God down here in Marietta, Ohio, uh, you're not looking for it. Amen. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, to stand and speak. If you have your Bible tonight, I hope that you do. Look together in Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. And we'll read a few portions of Scripture uh, from Mark chapter 5. I don't know if I mentioned it. We'll be reading tonight from Mark chapter 5. Now, while you are finding Mark chapter 5, uh, we're going to be reading a few portions of Scripture from that Gospel of Mark chapter 5. If you found that, say amen. 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 Let's begin reading in verse 25. It says, and a certain woman, I love it when, when God is, I love the specificity of the word of God. He says it was on a certain day, a certain man happened upon a certain house. Here in chapter 5, it says, a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. 
and he suffered many things of many physicians, and he spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, <laughs> let me say that again, when she heard of Jesus, oh, praise God, for the day I heard of Jesus, amen, came behind, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body <laughs> that she was healed of that place. Hey, let me tell you something tonight. That's something that runs through my body since I've been healed of that plague. Somebody said, you can't feel salvation. No, you can't feel what you've got. Amen. Let's continue. Verse 30, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, that's how, they need, that's how we all need to come. Amen. Fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. I'm glad that once you reach out and touch him and you face him, you'll fall down before him and it's all excuses are over. Now we're talking 100% truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me Jesus. And he said unto her, verse 34, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Let me pause and just say just for a moment that I'd rather be whole and healed any day. Amen. There's as much difference as being healed and being whole as daylight and dark. I'll take hold every time. I'm glad to know in my heart tonight that I understand that this is 2018. But I have to also share with you that I have yet to progress to the modern understanding or the modern application or the modern appreciation of how a man or woman, boy or girl, is supposed to come to Christ. Amen. I read in my Bible, there's, can I be so bold as saying there's no specific formula? Well, you better pray the right prayer. I don't find that prayer. I mean, Psalm 51. But if you didn't say the right thing, I don't find in my Bible where there's any mention of that. But I want you to notice just real quick with me, just for a few minutes. I promise I won't consume as much time as others did. (laughs) 
Amen. It's a fearful thing to try to exercise pastoral authority over your own dad. <laughs> so I have never done it, and I don't expect to start now. Hey, listen, I'm glad that we, even today, in 2018, could I be so bold as to say, if you come and touch him tonight, you'll be made whole of that which is plaguing you. Amen. I believe, listen, friends, there is still a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's face and still blood beneath that flood will lose all their guilty stains. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. <laughs> Amen. Listen, friends, I ain't got time for all of that. But I feel like singing tonight. Amen. Y'all like old Tommy singing? There's not a friend like the Holy Jesus. Paul knew. 
I'm here to tell you something, friends. The sin that curses through our veins, that possesses our body, I'm bound to tell you that the wages of sin is death, and we shall suffer things in this life. There's a lot of pain associated with sin. Amen. I bear in my body the marks of the sin, Brother Guido, that I've been involved with in my lifetime. Amen. I'm not going to tell you about all of it. But I've got, you wouldn't tell it by looking at me. I look so young and so healthy. <laughs> I'm on essential oils and plexus and all of that other stuff. But I still got heart problems. And it's because of that old man sitting over there. It's all his fault. Our cardiologist said, listen, you can eat sticks and grass for the rest of your life. You're going to have heart problems. Amen. We was always raised that gravy was a beverage. Amen. Hey, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about what goes in there. Amen. Just enjoy live for today, brother. <laughs> Bless God. Now they got stents. Say amen, brother. Amen. Now they got stents. They'll pop one of those in. Your dad got three, three weeks ago. Stood up here and preached in the power of God today. I say, praise God. What do you say? Amen. It's better than that open heart deal. They take a chainsaw, rip your chest open, try to replumb your heart. They jerk a vein out of your leg. Say, God didn't mean for it to be there. You don't need it no way. We'll jerk it out of your leg and replumb your heart. Your heart will feel better, but you drag that leg around the rest of your life. <laughs> I don't see how that... <laughs> but at least you're... Hey, there is pain in this life. In verse 26, I almost also want you to understand that there is a price. There's pain in sin. There's a price for sin. Amen. Sin will take you farther. You know the saying how it was. I'm interested in how it is that you notice that all of our carnage. The Bible says that she had spent all that she had. All that she had. I'm interested on every coin in our U.S. currency. There's one side is a head and the other side is a tail. I'm interested in even in our cash and our paper money. On one side there's a face. On over one side there's a picture or something else. I've not seen on it so long. I can't, by the way, where are those three men, Brother God? Are they here tonight? Have them stand. <laughs> We're having a little meeting in June. I'd like to meet those brothers before the service is over. Never mind. Nothing. <laughs> I can use some help in my Hey, listen. There's not just pay, but there's a price on each side of that coin, on each side of that money. There's a different face on it. And let me tell you something, friends. Be not deceived, but Satan is not going to show you both sides of corn of sin. Hey, man, he'll show you the shining side. Hey, man, he'll show you the happy side. He'll show you the pleasure of sin for a season. But he'll never turn that coin over and let you see how it was that she suffered that pain. There's pain involved. We know the scripture tells us there is pleasure in sin for a season. But I'm bound to tell you on the other side of that coin. Listen, we see it on our televisions portrayed every day. Hey, men, on these liquor commercials and on these beer commercials, I know there's a conference. You're not supposed to preach like this. But I'm telling you something. They show him, handsome man, hey, man, in a fancy car, drinking a fancy drink and all of these things. But they don't show you that man three hours later slapping his wife around. Amen. They don't show you that man laying in an alley somewhere in a pool of his own vomit. 
I'm talking about the other side of the coin of sin. We see a plague. We see the pain of sin. We see, notice this, or we see the pain, we see the price. Thirdly, we see the plague of sin. It says in two places, Jesus says, Behold of thy plague. And in verse 29, it says, The plague that she had. Let me tell you something, friends. Sin is a plague that's been passed on. Nobody, say the Lord Jesus Christ, has escaped the curse of the fall in the garden. Hey, man, let me tell you something. It was passed. Listen, <laughs> you don't hear much about plague anymore. You don't hear much about sin anymore. Hey, man, it's still here. We just got other labels for it. We just call it other things. It's an alternate lifestyle. It's a chemical dependency. Amen right there. Amen. I mean, we've just got all kinds of different names for it. But the fact of the matter is that it's a plague and it's a curse that's on all of mankind. Amen. Talk about the pain, the price, the plague. I want to talk about the place. Let me tell you something, friends. When you realize, when you realize the pain, when you realize the price, when you realize it's a plague, you need to get to a place where Jesus is. This woman, if she'd have stayed at the house, she would have never been made whole. Amen. Her blood would have never dried up. Finally, she ended up with peace in verse 34. That's not the end. This is just the introduction. He said, and he said unto her, and I love this, daughter. He said unto her, he said, daughter, Go in peace, thy faith has made thee whole. Hey, man, can I tell you something, friends? That it was a faith then, and it's still a faith today. Hey, man, let me tell you something. The faith that we have is the faith that the, of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. But I'm interested how it was that she went from a face in the crowd to the family of God with just a touch. She went from just an unknown face in the crowd to now, daughter, <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. You may be here and in your heart and in your spirit you feel parentless. You feel like an orphan. You feel like an outcast. Can I tell you something? You could go away with the term, with the label daughter or son before you leave this place. By faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So what was it about this woman that caused her to keep changing doctors? Why was it that she kept changing doctors? Number one, she changed doctors because of the length of her sickness. She changed doctors because of the length of her sickness. The Bible says that she'd been battling this thing for 12 years. 
Now, I'm not a numerologist. I'm not real sharp on Bible numbers, and, and I understand that there's a there's a pattern and there's there's reality and truth that are seen all in the number three, number six, number seven, and all of those numbers. Hey, but I knew there had to be something to this number twelve, and I looked it up, did a little bit. It's amazing what you can learn if you read. I'm learning that. I'm working on it. Amen. <laughs> Bible says we're growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just like, and when you're green, you'll grow. When you're ripe, you'll rot. Amen. That went, I'm doing real good. I better mark that. I won't use that no more. Amen. Hey, but that number 12, I found it was in the Bible 164 times. I found that it was in the 22 chapters of the book of Revelation 22 times. That number 12, she had been sick for 12 years. And you know what I found out? I found out, Brother Godler, that there's 12 little cakes that had to be in the temple every week. Amen. I found out that there's 12,000 of one out of each 12 tribes of the tribe of, of, the, of the tribes of Judah. Amen. My Bible tells me that not only is there streets of gold there, not only is there walls of Jasper, but that city is built on Twelve foundations. Bible says when that new Jerusalem comes down, they have twelve gates. Hey Amen. The walls of that city are 144 cubits. That's twelve wells. You might get in this. You want me to go on, or have you had enough? Anyway, I did find out. By the way, did you know that the first, the first recorded words of our Savior? In Luke chapter 2, verse 49, when he was 12 years old, this woman had this issue of blood for 12 years. If you'll flip over to the next page, you'll find out when Jesus finally got to Jairus' house and healed that little girl, said, get her something to eat. She was 12 years. Did you know that 12 is the number of faith? Hey, man, did you know that it took 12 years for her to... Can I tell you something? She, she changed doctors because of the length of her sickness. And let me tell you something, friends. When you've been sick long enough, you'll start thinking about changing doctors. Hey, man, can I tell you something? I believe that it's the power and purpose of the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and the conviction of the Holy Ghost to make you sick of yourself, sick of your sin, that you'll seek the Savior by faith. That number 12. She'd been sick long enough. Hey, man, I don't like to be sick. I'm not, I haven't been sick much. I didn't get the flu this year. That the season's not over yet. Hey, man, glory to God, but I did get it last year when none of y'all did. Amen. I remember I come down. It happened on Sunday night after church. I got home and I said, boy, I am not feeling good. And I went to bed and I got up the next morning feeling worse. My wife said, you want me to run you to the doctor? I said, no. She said, okay. And if you're like me, I went to, <laughs> I went to Drug Mart and I started walking up and down that aisle reading bottles looking for something that sounded like what I had. And then I, I was going to finally found something, and I took it home and took some of it. Now, I didn't take what the bottle said to take. That's what women and children do. 
the kind of suffering that I'm going through. Hey, if it says take two tablespoons, I'm just going to pull a lid off and take a big slug of that. That's the kind of suffering that I'm dealing with. Amen. Hey, and I took that and went and laid down, Brother Kyler. Hey, man, I thought it would do me some good. And I woke up the next morning and I felt worse. My wife said, you want me to run you to the doctor? I said, no, not yet. <laughs> and I just tried to tough it out. Hey, man, and I tried. Hey, listen, I laid on the couch and thought I was dying, I'm telling you. And I got up the next morning and I went and told her. She said, I have got to get to the doctor. She said, I told you that three days ago. <laughs> that always makes you feel better. When you're miserable like that, let me tell you something, friend. When you get sick enough of your sin, they won't have to beg you. They won't have to drag you. They won't have to pull you down here. You'll say, buddy, I'm sick as a dog, and I can't take it. I've got to get to the doctor. Amen. The length of her sickness, she's been sick long enough. And I want you to notice something in the Scripture. This woman, she never did get better. She never did. Hey, she went to one. The Bible says she went to many physicians. And no doubt she's like, she's like, like we are. And they said, well, uh, are you, how are you feeling? And she said, I'm no better. I'm going to another doctor tomorrow. So that afternoon, they probably, they probably uh, called on her, went to the house, and said, well, what did the doctor say? Are you feeling any better? She said, no, I'm worse. I've got another appointment with some other guy next week, and I'm going over there. And I'm sure that after that appointment was, they said, how did things go? She said, I am worse. She never did get better. And what I'm telling you, friend, when you get sick enough, for long enough and you come to Jesus you won't just get better she went from worse to well <laughs> in one step she went from worse to well hey don't tell me this well I'm a trying to do better hey man I'm working on this I'm trying to quit this and trying to start that it won't work you'll get worse and worse and worse Every doctor you try is going to make you sicker. Amen. Yeah. Hey, man, let's go on and go on preaching, Brother Don. Hey, man, Dad told me you shouldn't do that, but I can't help it. Watch this now. She had a blood problem. Hey, man, by the way, that's what you and I had. That's what you and I had. Amen. We weren't sinners because we were because we sinned. We're sinners because that's what we had in our blood. That's what we were born as. Let me tell you something, friends. And when you go to the doctor, you go to the doctor. The first thing they want to do is well, let's check your blood. We just wait and see what the blood. And I'm amazed how it is. Anybody read that uh, Jahan's book on the chemistry of the blood? Absolutely phenomenal. Hey, man, it's an amazing thing how it is that whatever it is that's going on in your physical body. How many knows God knew something more he's talking about? He said the life of all flesh is in the blood. They find out what's wrong with you. They jerk a little bit of blood out of you or five or six of those vials. Hey, man, 
And they take those and they check all of that out and find out just exactly what the deficiency is. Can I tell you something, friends? I can share with you based on the authority of the Word of God that the deficiency is a void of righteousness. She had a blood problem. And I'm telling you, <laughs> there's only one guy that can fix it. There's only we come in here and and, and, and I've got I've got 13 stents and dad went the other day and got three more, so now he has 14. I've not been trying hard enough. <laughs> Me and him. We're just running right neck and neck, and soon we come in here and we hug Brother Guyler. Hey man, he showed us his 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 new uh, thing, and uh, he tells us I've met the greatest doctor, the greatest physician at the greatest hospital, and I'm not against doctors, I'm not against hospitals. Paul likes them, and so do I. Paul's getting ready to go out of town. And said, "Luke, I believe you'd go with me. I, I feel like God's in this." <laughs> You know how we, you know how weak and sickly I am anyway. Say amen right there. Amen. That'd be a good thing. Me take his doctor with me. Praise God. Anyway, <laughs> amen. I may be preaching here tonight twice in one thing. This is my first time. Watch this now. But she had a blood problem. But she never did get better. Hey, I read, I read over in, 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 in John chapter 9. This, this woman had a blood problem. Over in John chapter 9, this man had a blind problem. And Jesus went over and touched him. And you know what he said? He said, all I know is I once was blind. And now... I see. He didn't say, I believe I'm starting to see a little bit. <laughs> he didn't say that. Hey, man, he didn't say, well, my vision is a little bit better. No! I was blind, and now I see. Let me tell you something, friends. You come down and touch Jesus. He'll make you whole. Whole. Praise God. Well, Number one, she changed doctors for the length of her sickness. Number two, she changed doctors because of the lack of her substance. The Bible says that she had spent all that she had. In verse, in the early, the previous verse, the length she changed doctors because of the length of her sickness. She had a blood problem. This time. She may be that she changed doctors because of the lack of her substance. She had a banking problem. Say, Brother Rick, what that mean? Well, if you ain't never been broke, you probably don't know. <laughs> but when you are flat broke, not a dime, I know what I'm talking about. Say amen. All you rich people down in Marietta, praise God. Let's take an offering. Have the men come. What a blessing. Hey, but this woman had a banking problem. She had spent all that she had. And I could, I could wear you out the rest of the night giving you a list of names of men that I know that spent all that they had trying to find peace and something that would calm the storm that was in their life. 
by alcohol and drugs and gambling and, 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 and pornography and this and that and the other thing. You hear me, friends. She may have taken doctor's proof of her lack of substance. She had a banking problem. But you know what this physician says? He didn't even take an offering. <laughs> My Bible tells me <laughs> that we're invited to come and buy without money <laughs> and without price. He don't even charge for his services. You know what that means? Let me tell you something, friends. When, the, when you don't have a banking problem, when the finances are running high, your friends are running with you. Ask that prodigal. Hey, man, when he found himself busted, broke, not just spiritually bankrupt, but monetarily bankrupt. You may have to, you go in, <laughs> you go into your doctor. I'll thank God for health insurance. Amen. It's, it's designed to try to help us from getting broke. Amen. You've got to pay for one stint out of your pocket. Forget it. For me anyway. Some of y'all high rollers said it would be no problem. But I'm here to tell you something. That prodigal, when he had spent all that he had, he knew. I'm glad for, <laughs> I'm glad that a switch turned in his head. He said, you know what? Even the hired servants have better than what I'm eating on today. Hey, let me tell you something, friends. In the Father's house, there's plenty. And he doesn't charge for his service. You can spend every dime you've got and still end up in hell. You can donate it all to this church or my church. <laughs> it won't help you to heaven, but it'll help us on our way. <laughs> Amen. My favorite preachers used to say, listen, you don't have to be a Baptist to go to heaven. But there's nothing wrong with going first class. <laughs> Amen. Listen, friends, she had a blood problem. She had a banking problem. When the money runs out, you go to your doctor and you tell him, say, well, uh, I ain't got no insurance. I'm interested in it is how it is that they make you pay before you go in. The only restaurant I know that makes you pay before you eat is McDonald's. There's a reason why. <laughs> so you just go ahead and pay it before you eat, just in case. <laughs> Most other restaurants, they'll at least let you sample things. And then they'll bring you the bill at the end. If you're happy, if you're not happy, say, well, we'll take that off. <laughs> hey, man. At least they used to anyway. Nowadays they say, well, we're sorry. You pay over there. <laughs> but you go into the doctor. And if you're unable to pay, all of a sudden the doctor says, well, you know, I'm really having a hard time diagnosing exactly what your problem is anyway. I'm going to give you a referral. 
what you need to do, this guy, he's way better. He's way smarter. Where's that doctor sitting here? You dirty dog, you know you've been doing that too. <laughs> hey! He said, I'm going to have to, your case is beyond what I can handle. You hear me this tonight? There's not a case in Jesus specializes in hard cases. Amen. Hopeless and helpless cases. You go to some doctors, they say, well, I can't help you. He may have changed position because he had a banking problem. Can I tell you something, friend? The banking problem, the money that you spend on the things of the world to try to find peace in your soul is going to leave you not just the spiritual bankruptcy that you already have, but the financial bankruptcy on the other side of that coin that I mentioned. Number one, the length, she changed doctors because of the length of her sickness. Number two, she changed doctors because of the lack of her substance. Amen. By the way, let me just say this too. <laughs> Our place in heaven is not but secured by what we hold in our hands. What we possess in our in our hands or in our heads. But it's what we have and who lives in our hearts. Amen. Number three, I'm done. She had a change doctors because of the length of her sickness. Change doctors because of the lack of her substance. And thirdly, she changed doctors because of the love of the Savior. Look with me in verse 29. Watch your Bible. Verse 28, rather. For she said, if I may but touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And you know what happened? The Bible didn't say after about two weeks she come back and say, Lord, I am better. Straightway! Let me tell you something. I can't put a pencil and make a mark when it is that that divine transaction takes place and you'll pass from death unto life. But dad preached it just exactly right. God help us, the old time preachers, they used to talk about folks getting in trouble over their sin. You ever heard the old preacher say that? He said, I remember when I got in trouble over my sin and I came to Christ on the terms of the gospel. Anybody ever heard that? You don't hear that preached anymore. I still believe it. I preach it up at our place. And those terms Paul describes as repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You say, well, <laughs> I heard one of my favorite preachers said this. Said, uh, 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 Brother Preacher, do I have to do I have to come down to the altar to be saved? He said, Not unless you refuse to. That may be the one thing. You say, well, I'm ready to get saved. Well, God may not be ready to save you. You've got to lay that pride down that dad preached about. Amen. The Bible says, if any man will come after me, he must first deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. The love of the Savior. Straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up. Now let me tell you something. You may have brushed up, you may have 
touch me tonight. You may have touched Dr. God or some of these other preachers, and you don't even remember it. If I did, I didn't mean to. Let me tell you this. Nobody accidentally gets saved. <laughs> Can I tell you why? Because the Bible says that the lost folk, and, and I've been there, we're all sitting in hell's waiting room. Amen. All of you been to the doctor. Dad had to go this morning. And the first place you come into, you just don't walk. First place you come into is the waiting room. There's no chance of not waiting. I'm sorry, Doc. <laughs> you won't sit in the back. There's no chance of waiting. That's what the room is. Hey, but you hear me. You hear me tonight. And I know I'm running a little bit late, but I think this is important. And there's everybody sitting in there. Everybody's got a little card with the time on it. Don't worry about the time. Look at the date. <laughs> Amen. Hopefully you'll get in on that same date. Amen. You'll make it into the doctor's office. Hey, but never one time have I been to the doctor. And that nurse, you hear me? That nurse come to the door and look out and say, Y'all just come on in. I never heard that. I never heard that. But you know what she did? She said to that door. She opened that door. She looked out. She said, Mr. Rick Ritchie, the doctor will see you now. You know what? I got up. Nobody else moved. And it's my prayer tonight that if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, I'm telling you the nurse of the Holy Ghost is stepping to the door, calling your name. The doctor will see you <laughs> right now. As a matter of fact, she called my name because she knew the doctor was in there waiting for me. <laughs> now let me say this. When you change docs tonight, me and dad just had to change cardiologists. I mean I had a stack. We had a we had files, big as that speaker right there. That we had to carry over the symbols from our heart cans and everything. We had to take over to that new doctor. <laughs> when you come to this physician, he don't care about your record. He don't care nothing about that. We gonna start all over again. <laughs> you hear me tonight? He wants to fix you for heaven. But he can't do it until you decide that you've been fixed long enough. Now let me say this. Even after that, every now and then, 
My doctor wants me to come in for a checkup. Some of y'all look like you ain't had one in a long time. <laughs> you haven't been down to an altar to see the doctor in a long time. Now, I don't mind. Listen, I don't mind going. I don't mind going when my weight's down and my sugar's down and I've been exercising and walking and doing all the right things. Bless God, yes, sir, I'll go to the altar. Amen. We rejoice over that. But you know when I don't like to go to the doctor? When I've been eating everything in sight. Amen. And I'm up about 12 pounds. And my blood pressure is about 400. And sugar is just a whisker above that. And you know how it is. You can be a safe person. And mad at everybody at the church. Sick of everybody at the church. And you ought to be sick of yourself. That will be a sign. You need a checkup. Now you can come one of two ways. <laughs> you can come voluntarily or he'll have you brought in. I'd rather go have a physical at the doctor's office than to have him give me one in the emergency room. Dad preached it for years and years. We need to keep short accounts with God. When's the last time you've been to the doctor's office? Don't wait too late. Don't stay on up. Don't stay gone. Folks, if you're here tonight, you never trusted Christ as your Savior. Let me tell you this. I read in the paper just the other day of, of, of two women died in the waiting room. Dying in the waiting room. Two different, not the same doctors. <laughs> but in separate waiting rooms, two women actually died from the flu in the waiting room. What a terrible thing. When I read that, it made me think, boy, I wish they would have went on Tuesday and not waited till Wednesday. Now up our way, they have walk-in clinics. What really it is, is you can walk in and wait very similar to a regular doctor's appointment, but you just save a call. That's all it is. Let me tell you something. You're not going to just walk in heaven. You've got to be washed in. You can't walk in. Why? Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Father, in Christ's name, I thank you, Lord, for the word of God. It's not the words of Peter, James, and Paul, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the words of God. Every word is pure. God, I pray, Lord, for the preaching that's gone out tonight. That these few seeds, your word tells us that there's some good ground out there. And I believe tonight that it's in this room.
if there's a person here that's never trusted Christ as their Savior. If you're here tonight and you say, Brother Rick, I don't know whether I'm saved or not. I'm not judging you, but I'm going to say not. Won't you come down and let us pray with you? While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, just very quickly, I'd wonder. I would just want to pray for you tonight. Nobody looking around, nobody will come to you. But if you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ, would you slip your hand up with mine? I just want to pray for you. Nobody will come to you. We wouldn't embarrass you. You raise your hand with mine. Yes, sir, one. We're not going to tell you long. Father, in Christ's name, I pray, Lord, for those that lack the courage to perhaps even raise their hand. If I could just pray for them, Lord. But you know their case. I pray, Father, that the hounds of heaven are hot on their trail. Maybe they're just not sick enough yet. Lord, I pray that your spirit would not leave them alone. Please, Lord, continue to deal with them with words of compassion and love and mercy, just like you did me. Be with my brothers and sisters who are here tonight that perhaps need to come for a checkup, not right from where they are. I, I believe they just cry out and play 1 John 1, 9, and you'll get them back in the game. All these blessings we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. In closing, let me just share this with you. I'm sorry, Doc. Let me just share this with you. This is an amazing thing. The great physician's answer, the only medicine he dispenses is mercy. And nobody, when I go to the doctor, first thing is I gotta get, well, we need what I need to make a list of your allergies. Nobody is allergic to mercy. But I have to tell you this, every now and then, <laughs> it will cause a reaction. And it's liable to happen at about any time or any place, and that's why this world has labeled the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we're glad for the mercy of God. Amen. Amen. Shall we stand? Let's sing past me not, O gentle Savior. If you want to be saved or you need to be saved, come. One verse. You've got to get out of there and come. Pass me not. Let's sing it.
How many think it would be all right to have Rick back next year? Yeah. See, you didn't preach your way out. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Chuck. God bless you. Samuel's here. Came all the way from New Jersey today. Came from New Jersey with a group for the Bible Prayer Conference. Amen. Come over here, Samuel. He's a graduate of this school with pastors, a great church in Lodi, New Jersey, just across from New York City, and does a great job. Dismiss us in prayer. Let's pray. Our gracious God and Almighty Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your presence and your power toward all your servants who preach your word with boldness and in truth. We thank you, Lord, for blessing our hearts with your precious word. We thank you, Lord, for your precious people that come here together in one spirit, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for saving us and giving us the privilege to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Bless us, O oh Father, as we depart in this place. May your guiding protection be upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Preachers in the morning, starting at 9 o'clock. Come on out. Hear them preach. All right, you're dismissed.